Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dancing! Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rocking M app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the insurance agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Knocked away, a steal by Barton. One on none on the other end with the right hand up and good. Counted and a foul. The hoop and the harm for Elizabeth Barton, who manufactured some offense all by herself. Fires it into the far corner with Boehner. Boehner trying to drive baseline, steps through a couple of cowgirl defenders and puts it in. Great strong take by Emily Boehner. Forless in this ball game, courtesy of some great wing defense from the Eagles. Barton has it on the left wing for Colby, a 24-14 lead. Flanagan open in the corner. She tries for three. Nylon for Allie Flanagan. Triple number three already. She's got nine points all from behind the long line. Blair Lennon in the paint. Drop step. Goes up. Baby hook. Finishes. Nice. Four for Blair Lennon. Passes off right side of Marco. Gets a screen for some separation from Hunter. Goes back to Hunt. Furphy a three. Got it. Huge bucket for the awesome Aussie. Right side to Data. Fakes. Drives. Lost it momentarily. And scoops it up off the window. An up and under move there by Dede Ames. And he's got five. Is Lamar Jackson over the middle. Caught by Zay Flowers. And lunges for the end zone. They're going to say the ball's out. They're going to say a touchback. The Chiefs recover the ball in the end zone. Purdy under center. Snap, spin, handoff. McCaffrey, touchdown. Over the guard. Boring his way through for six. What a comeback by San Francisco. Oh, my goodness. A full weekend of sports there for you. Good Monday morning, everybody, on the morning blitz. On this January the 29th, just a couple days left in January of 2024, it's hard to believe, Christian, that is for sure. We're already going to check off the first month of 24, but uh, we are there, and we are glad that you are here with us checking in. we got a full show ahead today here on a Monday. We will be getting to our uh, weekend winners and losers. We will have our, we'll have a chance to win from the Kansas Slaughter. We have some X Cash Blitz tick instant tickets. So X Cash Blitz tickets uh, to give away to you here today and throughout the next uh, week or two. So be sure that you're listening in for a chance to win from the Kansas Lottery today. Uh, but we got a full show to recap a very busy weekend uh, across our listening region. Uh, Christian, how was your weekend? Nice and are you recharged and ready to charge into this next week here? I am particularly because uh, today marks one of three straight days where it is a high of 60 degrees, which is wild to me in January. Uh, I I do have shorts on right now. I don't know how great of a decision that was. To be honest, it wasn't a decision. I woke up and was like, you know what? I should wear shorts today. It was kind of like I I need to wear shorts because it's going to be, you know, there will probably be there will probably be snow in between us right now and when we actually hit spring. So, got to make use of the uh, 
the 60 degree days when we get them. What in Michigan, what is the cutoff for shorts? You know, most people up north are tougher than the people down <laughs> south. And so, you know, it might be a 60 degree day in San Diego, but people like you're wearing shorts in say 60 degrees in San Diego, it might be, that's too cold for them. You know, they're going to wear pants well, and a light jacket. I'm curious, what is the cutoff in Michigan? You know, if it's 55, that's that short weather. What is the cutoff up there? I will say it is a high of. I just checked. It's a high of 38 in my hometown right now. So that's not short weather. Colder, no. But it's all relative, you know. When it hits like 60 degrees in October, it's a very it's very different from 60 degrees in January. You know, it wouldn't hit 60 in Michigan in January, but 60 in the spring and 60 in the fall are very different. I'm I'm in jeans and a sweatshirt in in 55 on in October, but come, come March, 60 degrees. I'm in, I'm in short shorts and a tank top type of deal. You know, you gotta, it's all, it's all what you're used to. It's all relative. All right. We got a full Monday show for a ahead. We got no time to waste. And so let's dive into our weekend winners and losers. There are two kinds of people in this world. There's winners and there's losers. Which ones were which this past weekend? I want winners. Loser, you're a loser. It's the weekend's winners and losers on the Morning Blitz. Gonna be a winner, be a winner. As always, Christian Peck Dimmitt will kick us off with the first winner of this past weekend. I got a couple winners. Uh, one of them's a little more obvious than the other, but we're gonna go with uh, the less obvious one and one that. I think you'll be able to talk about a little bit as well. We've got the Hoxie girls. We've given them certainly a good amount uh, of praise here this season, but deserving, I think, of a weekend winner spot. An undefeated 14-0 Lady Indians team is number four in 2A, and that was uh, a week ago when those rankings came out. Uh, they have now beaten Colby, who was at the time a ranked 3A team, Goodland, of course, this weekend, who was, at the time, a ranked 3A team. They also have beaten Norton twice. The Norton girls have three losses this year. Two of them are to Hoxie by a combined 39 points. The Hoxie girls are playing high-level basketball right now. Uh, Ross, after a good amount of delay, finally was able to see them in person this weekend and uh, I, I don't know for sure, but I would guess that he would back up. I mean, how good this team really is. They've now beaten two very high-level 3A teams. They're a, they're a very good basketball team. They have, they have dudes. That's the way to put it. Um, when they do dads, to be more politically correct. But they, they have got some very, very good players um, Josie Kennedy is undersized, but is a good ball, is a pretty solid ball handler. Um, you know, because of her size, lacks the ability sometimes passing around longer arms, but has a great three point shot. Emily Boehner is a phenomenal driver of the basketball. A couple times she weaved her way to the bucket in their 49 36 win of Goodland on Saturday night. Um, and they have a they have a bunch of girls coming off the bench. You know whether it's Avery or, or girls that are not the star players. You know Avery Mock, who's but, but they're th- this just reminds me of a Hoxie team of past years before your time. Remember, for those who know Hoxie from 2011 to 2014, won over 100 straight games and four consecutive state titles. Carly Heim, who's who was the orchestrator of that, started every single one of those games. I believe never lost in her varsity career at Hoxie High. Went undefeated, won four straight state titles. 
This team, not saying they're on the same dominant level as that because they're not, but it reminds me of them the way they play. Um, they've got they've got everything you need. They've got some outside shooters. They've got some drivers. They've got some good rebounders. Uh, Kenley Rogers is a good rebounder inside. They got a lot of good pieces. And and honestly, it was a great basketball game between Goodland and Hoxie for a half. It was really good. It was tied at twenty five. There were some runs from both teams that that made it a very entertaining first half. But in the second half. Goodland couldn't make threes, and that's just going to be a thing for Goodland this year. It's it's if if Goodland cannot, and it's it's for every team. I don't want to say it's just for Goodland, but that's the one thing. If if you're a good basketball team and you live on scoring inside, which as any people know, this the show. I'm not saying you have to live off scoring inside, but you need to be able to score inside. And if you're a team that lives off scoring inside, and you don't have the ability to or the threat of knocking down three pointers from time to time to keeping the opposing defense honest. That's going to hurt you, and that was the thing, is that, you know, Goodland first and foremost saw Jaxie Mitchek foul out early in the fourth quarter, which was a shocker a little bit because there were some tight calls that were just called. We'll just say that. And 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 that, unfortunately, and they all and they seemed to all go against Jaxie at the time, and so Goodland's best player, who averages, you know, close to 20 points per game, is out with pretty much seven minutes plus to play. And so Goodland's without their top scorer, and and then you're starting to kind of roll, and you're getting down by double figures, so you're trying to hit threes, and it's it's not Goodland's game, and so they've that was a tough night. That was a tough Saturday night for Goodland because that Hoxie did what I think a lot of teams want to do. They want to force Goodland to shoot from the outside because it is just not their strength this season. And when you don't have that ability to consistently knock down threes, it's it's more difficult to beat some good basketball teams, and that's what Hoxie is. They're a very good basketball team. So no doubt they're very, very good, uh, are the Hoxie girls. And, and I would expect them to take a, a, a deep postseason run. I know last year they lost, I think, in the sub-state title game. Uh, this year I expect them to make it to uh state tournament and, and bring home some hardware, whether that's a top three finish or whatever it may be. I just – that's what I see uh, being that. But And not only them um, – you know, congratulations to the Hoxie wrestling team. Uh, they won the Mid-Continent League Wrestling Tournament uh, here this past Friday. They won that. Uh, they had four. Let me make sure I get this right. I think they had four first-place champions um, in uh, Sam Watkins, Carson Oaks, Ian Giancolis, only three. They had three. But they had 11 placers. Three were champions at the Mid-Continent League Tournament on Friday. Uh, their girls uh, had a solid showing at the Lauren Tournament on Saturday. They they they, uh, they had three girls all place and led by Josie Bell, who uh, – who uh, took first at 125 pounds uh, for the Oakley Lady Indians. And uh, she also took first to Josie Bell at the Mid-Continent League. So not a surprise. And by the way, it was a lot of fun to go over to Hoxie. I had not been in that gym in a long time. You know, I've been in there many times before, but I had not been in that gym in a long time. It was great to see head coach of the football team, uh, Lance Barr, and athletic director. It's great to visit with Lance um, and see him and visit with him for a little bit. It's great to go back there. And, and I'd not been in Hoxie in, in a long time, probably close to almost eight to ten years. But it's it's it was fun to go back over there. Fun to call a game in there. I love how you get to see get to sit in the on the floor in between the benches. That's where the broadcaster should be, so you can hear everything. That's the best part. I love that spot. And uh, anyway, it was it was a great it was a great environment and a great game. And enjoyed my time there in Hoxie. So shout out to Hoxie High. And yes, they I would agree. Their girls are winners of the week, and they're going to do a lot more winning this year. Uh, they I also feel bad for Goodland because the three times that the cowgirls have been beaten this year. And I'm not I'm not making up any excuses here whatsoever. I'm just giving the facts. They have not been at full strength. You know, they've been either hurt or sick or a combination of the both. 
And that's kind of the way that's been this year for Goodland Girls. When they have lost, Holcomb, everyone's sick as dogs. You know, Bug, Bug was going through the team. You know, they lose to Wellington, which, by the way, was probably the most complete they had been all season. You know, Jackson Mitchell was walking around on one leg, mostly. You know, and Haley Berman was trying to play with four fingers. One, you know, <laughs> pretty much four fingers. And then here against Hoxie, uh, you know, uh, Jason Herenick was out with some with a minor injury. Uh, they had uh, Libby Cure was under the weather. And, you know, of course, they were still dealing with some minor injuries, very light injuries. They're getting better as they push along. So I, once again, the Cowgirls have faced some really good teams this year, and they've lost. And those teams have earned those wins, but Goodland has not been a complete full strength when those losses have happened. But it's all right. Hoxie won that game fair and square, and they no doubt are a winner of the weekend. I would agree. Really good basketball program. They they really are, and I, I just want to throw in my two cents as well. That gym is something else. Four walls, a cinder block. There, there's a couple gyms like that around. And a tin roof. Tin roof makes it better. And a tin. <laughs> it's true. Uh, when we were over in Stratton, Colorado, they did the same thing, where you've just got this tiny little gym that goes directly, you know, right up to the court. Especially in Hoxie, you got maybe like two feet in between the baseline and that wall. Well, it's it's one of and, those where they draw the extra line, you know, around the outside mm-hmm. perimeter because that's actually the inbounds line, so you don't have to be within that foot of really the baseline and the wall. You have a little bit more room to inbound the basketball. They draw that line. <laughs> Still, when you're finishing a layup, it's it's not pretty over there. And when they pack those gyms, it can get loud. It was. It was a packed gym. There was a lot of Goodland people that filled up a good th- over third of that gym, close to half, but a good th- over third of that of gym. And then, uh, yeah, Hoxie filled the rest. It was, it was a great environment. It was a lot of fun Saturday night. A lot of fun over there in Hoxie for sure. Uh, moving on. My winner of the weekend, I'm going to go to the obvious one. Actually, I'm going to say... Marquez Valdez-Scantling and the Kansas City Chiefs are winners of the weekend this weekend. I still cannot believe that this Chiefs team is going to the Super Bowl. I am still trying to understand. As people know, I am not a Chiefs fan. I have no issue with them going back to the Super Bowl. It's not like I'm sick of seeing them in the Super Bowl. It's cool because they're kind of a a, a semi-regional team. So I have nothing against them making it this far. I just still cannot believe that this Chiefs team is going to make the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs, who, like I said, were a truck that was going down the road that just could never stay in gear. It kept slipping into neutral, and you had to throw it back into gear. I mean, they were just all year long, especially offensively, could never really get finding any groove. All of a sudden, when it matters the most, they have found it. They have found it. The Chiefs wide receivers yesterday were the best they've been all season. Patrick Mahomes went 30 of 39. That's just nine incompletions. And I guarantee a couple of those, without looking up the stats, were just throwaways. They were unbelievable. Catches by Travis Kelsey, who had a humongous game. You know, it was a quiet year for Travis Kelsey pretty much all season long in comparison to what he had had. And now in the postseason, especially the last couple games, and most importantly yesterday, becomes the Travis Kelsey that we've all come to know and love. That catch he made with uh, with the throw from Mahomes to pretty much throw it right in his back left cheek butt cheek pocket and make the catch and fall in the end zone was huge. That scramble play, Mahomes, and then just kind of throwing up a prayer, and there's Travis to make the catch and get a first down for the Chiefs. He was amazing. He was He's having a monster postseason. He truly is a dude. But 
when it has mattered most, the Chiefs wide receivers made catches. We know Rasheed Rice has looked good here and has continued to look better as the season progresses on. But Marquez Valdez-Scantling with that great catch to seal the win. There were so many games where there have been Chiefs wide receivers dropping passes. They didn't do it, and because of that, they're on their way to what is their fourth Super Bowl in the last five years. That's unbelievable. Four Super Bowls in the last five years and a chance to win their third Super Bowl in that stretch. That equals dynasty. And and and, and I don't want to and I talk about the offense because I think that's the most interesting storyline because of the growth we've seen in just a short amount of time of this offense to finally look like they're supposed to or we're used to seeing them. But that defense that Spagnolo put together is elite. They are they have absolutely are absolutely elite. They have played so good all season long, making humongous plays all year long. And so I give a ton of credit to them and how good the Chiefs' defense has been. But the Chiefs have an elite defense, and they have the best quarterback-coach duo in the game, in, in all the football. And that's apparently what it takes to make it to a Super Bowl right now. And that's what they have, and they're going back to the Super Bowl again. And they're a humongous winner because I would have never— never, judging off the regular season, said that the Chiefs were going to make it to the Super Bowl. And I know the people who follow the Chiefs a lot closer than we do probably would have said differently. But judging by what I would have seen, never would have I have said the Chiefs are going to make the Super Bowl based on what we saw in the regular season. But it doesn't matter. You just have to make it to the dance, and then you put it all together. That's the biggest thing. So, so anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see, but it's it's been a very the, the Chiefs have been, also something else on the side note here. As I was uh, you know, kind of going through this on on the Kansas City Chiefs side of things. And um I was I was looking at the, you know, the, the, not only the quarter the, the the defense, the quarterback coach combo duo, all that stuff. I mean, they they've just I don't know how to even word it to be honest with you, but it just seems like as if uh, it just seems like as if I don't know. It's I I I guess I'm just still befuddled. I'm befuddled, Christian, on, on how they've been able to do this and make this work. And what well, once again, like I said, it doesn't matter how you play. You just got to get in the dance, and then play your best, and that's what they're doing. <laughs> More power to you. Would have never guessed it. Never would have guessed it. Here, here's the thing. I know that some of you. Uh, are sick of just hearing the same thing from your, uh, you know, Colin Cowherds and your Nick Wrights and all these talking heads that are willing to scream whatever. Uh, I'll throw us in that talking head uh, arena too. This year, for once in your life, the talking heads were right. The Kansas City Chiefs should not be here. They have had for the large portion of the season, no offense. No one can catch the football. Mahomes was having a down year by any stretch of the word in terms of not only his statistics, but how he looked fitting in with the rest of his offense. But none of it, none of it mattered. Playoff time rolls around and something just clicks. America hates this team, perhaps rightly so, but none of it 
matters. This defense is ridiculous. Their corners play at an all-time level, and it's young guys all over the field defensively. First and second year guys make up almost their entire starting lineup defensively, and they just crush. They're incredible. They held the Ravens, who have been so dominant offensively, 10 points Granted, Legereus Sneed got burnt a couple of times, but even that didn't matter because he got the punch out when it really which, did. Which, by the way, Chiefs right fans, which, by the way, Chiefs fans, what are you saying now about that rule? <coughs> Chad Jones, <coughs> what are you saying about that rule now with the punch out? Uh, you know, the fumble through the end zone. What? It didn't fumble through the end zone. They recovered for a touchback but, but, in the end zone. Oh, man, I guess that's true. But I'm still saying there's still that's the second consecutive game where there is a punch out. And if that would have rolled, and oh, let's just say it would have rolled through the end zone. Let's just say it would have happened. Chiefs fans would have been elated that the ball was theirs and it was a touchback. Guarantee it. Guarantee it. We'll leave that discussion for now. We already had that talk, actually. I know. I, I'm with you. I'm not going to, we're not going to stat pat our I'm own. Not saying you have, I'm not saying you have to dive into that. Good, I'm just saying, I guarantee no, you, no, if that would have rolled out right. the end zone, they would have loved the rule. It's, it's the way that rule works. Every time it happens, one team argues that it should be banned forever. The other argues that they just love this rule. And then all the other 28 teams are the ones actually arguing about the merits of it or not. But this team, they shouldn't be here. And yet they are. They're just that good when it matters. And I hate to use the, the phrase of just championship pedigree. Because talking heads love to fall back on. They've been here before and they know how to play in the playoffs. You know, when it matters, when it's crunch time, you know, they've been here before. But they have. And they just played that good because they can. It's just, I, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Just once again, biggest winner of the weekend are the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, just, I, I, I just did not see this happening as the season progresses on. I thought this was maybe a year they needed to maybe, you know, get beat in the playoffs and then come back to the drawing board in the draft and retool and try and get some other pieces brought in to get it done. Nope. Here they are, once again, playing the best when it matters the most and in the Super Bowl again for the last five years. That's ridiculous. Got to throw out a question for Chiefs fans, uh, if they're willing to text in, of course. Do you, do you like that you're a villain now? Do you understand that the entire football world in America hates you? Or is it more, you know, you're kind of unwilling to take on that role and you look at like, ah, you know, I don't think we should be villains. You know, look, we have all these likable guys, whatever. Or do you kind of just say, it doesn't matter. We're winning and I don't care what people think of us. Because I genuinely want to know. Seven eight five eight nine nine twenty two twenty two. Text in your thoughts there on Christian's question. How do you feel as Chiefs fans being the villain now? I know if I was a Chiefs fan, I'd be sitting there saying, "I don't care. <laughs> we are here. <laughs> we are at the top of the mountain. You know, we struggled for many years at the bottom of the mountain. Uh, really struggled. I mean, we had guys like Tyler Thigpen starting at quarterback for us for for a few games many years ago. You know, uh, and now we have the best quarterback in the game. There's no doubt about that." And because of that, they are once again going back to the Super Bowl. And he's only still 28 years old. I mean, only 28 years old. That's amazing to me. 28 years old. And 
they, they the, I don't I don't think I think they're I think they're only in the middle of this. Like they're only in the sweet spot of it. There's gonna be many more years of this to come. They're gonna get. I guess it will it will intrigue me. You know, with some of the rumors flying around that Andy Reid might want to retire uh, when it's all said and done, that I would be interested to know. Um, that's what I would like to know. If he retires, then it would it would definitely change my thoughts on what the Chiefs will do um, going forward. Uh, per the text line, uh, unnamed texter, it doesn't matter. Haters going to hate. Chiefs kingdom. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. This is Michael. He's a Broncos fan. I know that. Chiefs are going back to the bowl for the fifth time under Mahomes. If they lose, that's three losses. Two and five in the uh if they lose if that if they lose three losses, five. two of five in the big game. If that would happen if if that happens, they are a dud for a post they're a dud postseason. What's there to <laughs> brag about? Have a, them having a good season, go Broncos. <laughs> So he's painting the pedal. He's painting the kettle a little black. There is Michael, understandably so, being a Broncos fan. So we'll see. I, I, I tell you the truth right now. As I sit here on Monday, my my opinion may change here in two weeks when we make our pick for it. But I, I don't know how you can go against the Chiefs right now. How you playing when when you're playing right now? They're hot. And let's face it, the 49ers had to come back and win that game down 17 points. Not to rub this in your face, I know, but you were uh, you were down 17 points. It's the largest. A NFC Championship wild or AFC Championship game comeback in the history. That's uh, that's I'm like I said, I, I'm I'm not liking the Niners right now. They're not playing their best, and all of a sudden the Chiefs are. But we'll see what happens in two weeks. So there you go. Uh, any other real quick quick winners? Do you have any other quick winners, or is you just had them? Okay, I want to give a quick tip of the cap though to Colby Community College men's basketball though had a nice win on Saturday. They came back to beat Dodge City. They hit six of seven threes in the second half, uh, led by 16 points from Maxence Macedia. But Colby Community College men pick up a win on Saturday on the road in Dodge City. It's hard to win on the road, as we say on this show, every single show. Uh, more on that in just a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I want to give a tip of the cap to Colby Community College men, a winner of the weekend. Other than that, a loss for Northwest Tech men who hung tough at, uh, at a tw- top 25-ranked Butler team. They lost by two 81-78. Keyshawn Miller in his last five games, averaging over 20 points per contest. He's been playing out of his gourd as Keyshawn Miller for the Tech men. And then Colby Community College women and Colby and Northwest Tech women uh, both get beat pretty handily by very good ranked teams in Dodge City and uh, and Butler on Saturday. Okay, let's get to a break. We're way past two. We come back. We have the weekend losers. Oh, man, I have got a good loser for you this weekend. I can't wait to hear what Christian's is. It's next on the Morning Blitz.